Praise God. Aren't you glad to be a Christian? Not just in name only, but to be uh, truly born from above. I'm glad I really know who Jesus is. How about you? Not just a casual acquaintance. I don't know about you, but I, I want somebody to reach him. Amen. Pray ye the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth labors into his harvest. Would you stand with me tonight in honor of the reading of God's Word? I want to share with you tonight on something that we, as the people of God, need to be confident in, and especially in the time that we're living in. Now, you, we hear that a lot, that we're living in desperate times. We're living in different times. Well, we are, folks. I, I, I mean, I'm seeing things today that boggle my mind. I can't really comprehend it. I can't understand it. I look at it, uh, whether it's political or social or moral or whatever it is, and I say, that don't make sense to me. Well, we're just living in the last days. Evil men, he said, shall wax worse and worse. And but that, that's not what I'm preaching about. I'm going to preach to us because you and I need to have confidence that we have victory, power over everything that comes against us. But you'll not find that in yourself. You can just believe that. You'll find it in him. Can you say amen? In Exodus chapter 12, I got a lot of stuff to say here tonight, a lot of scripture. I need you to help me preach, pray for me, and uh, God bless you again for the privilege to come. And the Lord spake unto Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, saying, This month shall be unto you the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year to you. Speak ye unto all the congregation of Israel, saying, in the tenth day of this month they shall take to them every man a lamb, according to the house of their fathers, a lamb for an house. And if the household be too little for the lamb, let him and his neighbor next unto his house take it according to the number of the souls. Every man according to his eating shall make your count for the lamb. Your lamb shall be without blemish, a male of the first year. You shall take it out from the sheep or from the goats. You shall keep it until the fourteenth day of the same month. And the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it in the evening. They shall take of the blood and strike it on the two side posts and on the upper door post of the houses, wherein they shall eat it. They shall eat the flesh in that night, roast with fire, and unleavened bread, and with bitter herbs they shall eat it. Eat not of it raw, nor sodden at all with water, but roast with fire, his head with his legs, and with the pertinence thereof. And ye shall let nothing of it remain until the morning. And that which remaineth of it until the morning ye shall burn with fire. And thus shall ye eat it with your loins girded, your shoes on your feet, your staff in your hand, and you shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. For I will pass through the land of Egypt this night and will smite all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast. 
and against all the gods of Egypt, I will execute judgment. I am the Lord, and the blood shall be to you for a token upon the houses where ye are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you, and the plague shall not be on you to destroy you when I smite the land of Egypt. First Peter 1, 18 and 19, For as much as you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by the tradition of, from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. When I see the blood, would you pray with me tonight? Father, thank you. I have confessed so many times over the years. And again tonight, before this people and God, I have no talent, no ability to say or do anything that would affect anybody except you help me. Tonight again, I look to you for that fresh oil, that fresh unction, that fresh anointing that makes preaching effective. I ask that you'd anoint the people, their ears to hear, hearts to receive. Anoint our minds tonight that our thoughts would not be taken captive of the enemy. Give liberty in this house and say through me what you want me to say. And I'll give you the glory for it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Shake somebody's hand as you sit down and say, I'm going to help that preacher preach tonight. You know, I read an article in the USA Today News, I think it was, in traveling. It was an article about religion, about how that the need to just basically, they wanted us to basically water down Christianity by getting rid of divisive beliefs, like, for instance, that homosexuality was a sin. They said we need to get rid of that belief, and, uh, and then also the belief that Jesus Christ was the only way to eternal life or to salvation. You know, I, I, and that his power, that the blood of Jesus was, uh, had power alone to save and cleanse from sin. And when I read that, my blood began to boil. I wanted to shout out, on, I think it was on an airplane, I wanted to shout out, what can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. You know, he said if, they, if we, the writer, if we would just all do that, then we can all get along. And that Christianity would become more palatable to more people and, uh, you know, be more accepted. But, you know, Christianity without the blood would be just another dead religion. It would be like Buddhism or Islam or Hinduism and all other man-made, man-centered and non-life-changing religions. But when it comes to the blood, now I've preached, uh, you know, about the blood I, I, in the sense that I've mentioned it in messages all these 32 years, but until uh, I, I did begin to prepare this. I had never just did a message on the blood. And I tell you, I found some interesting things. You know, it, it, it's the blood of a human is so mysterious that even now, medical researchers can't begin to fathom all there is to know about it. But in the very beginning, God made it very clear to his people how precious, how unique, how special the blood was to the body. 
body. In, in Leviticus 17 and 10, whatsoever a man there be of the house of Israel, the strangers that sojourner among you, that eat any manner of blood, I will set my face against that soul that eat of blood and will cut him off from among his people. Verse 11, for the life of the flesh is in the blood. And he said, I've given it to you upon the altar to make an atonement for your souls, for it is the blood that maketh an atonement for the soul. Hallelujah. Now, some of the old writers and they actually, you know, some of them believe that when God breathed into Adam that he was actually just putting blood into his body because they say life is in the blood or the Bible said the life is in the blood. Now, I've always preached that when he breathed into him, it was the Holy Ghost because I don't believe God breathes oxygen, amen, and therefore he became a living soul. But either way, it, it just shows the importance especially of how the, uh, you know, the old timers, I guess you would call it, and scholars of the past, how important they viewed the blood. You see, no man or woman, and I use that man word man, universal, male, female, ever dies until the blood ceases to circulate in that body. And this all points to a deeper spiritual truth that the church of Jesus Christ are all members of his body and that these members are all related by the blood of Christ. Can you say amen? In Revelation 5 and 9, and they sang a new song saying, Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof. For thou wast slain and hast redeemed us unto God by thy blood out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation. These members may be as far removed as the Eskimo of the north is from the Bushman of Africa. They may be red, yellow, black, and white. They may have such differences in various backgrounds and status of wealth and culture, but one thing that makes them one is the precious blood of the Lamb that gives all of his members life. Can you say amen? Now the same all goes for all humans in sin. They are all related by the blood of Adam. I tell you, everybody's kinfolk in this world that don't know Christ. In Acts 17, 26, and hath made of one blood all nations of men for to dwell on all the face of the earth. So therefore, all humans therefore carry the sentence of death, you know, from the time they're born to the time they die, if they die without Christ because of Adam's sin. And for this reason, all all die a common death without any exception. But therefore one man sinned, therefore we all are guilty of sin. So sin poisoned man's blood and therefore indirectly his body. In that one man sinned, now all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So the virgin birth that, oh listen, modern religionists deny. No wonder the devil hates the, the doctrine of the virgin birth. So the virgin birth was an absolute necessity because Jesus had to be a son of Adam but also a sinless man. So therefore, this reason, Jesus, he could partake of Adam's flesh. He could be born of woman, which is not inherently sinful, but he could not partake of Adam's blood, which is completely sinful and poisoned 6,000 years ago. So God 
God provided a way for Jesus, born of a woman, not of a man, that he could be a perfect human being. Remember, Judas said about him, said, I have betrayed innocent blood. His blood was incorruptible. Therefore, his body in that grave three days did not see corruption. Can somebody say amen? Hallelujah to God. And he said, there's no man can take my life. I lay down my life freely. Thank God for the blood of the Son of God. He did not have the curse of Adam's blood in him. You know, it is an amazing thing how God worked all of this out. You see, to my understanding, I'm not a medical scholar for sure, but to my understanding and research when I uh, was working on this, you know, it's an amazing thing that the baby inside the mother's womb never receives the mother's blood at all. It never passes to the baby. Now, food, a source, whatever, you know, goes through that umbilical cord but no blood. It, the blood comes from the Father. Isn't that amazing? And, and I, I thought in my mind, God, the moment Eve that he took a rib out of Adam and formed Eve, no doubt God made her reproductive organs to that very way because God had a plan even then. But the Bible said that the Lamb of God was slain from before the foundation of the world. So he, he made her to the point where the baby would never receive the mother's blood during pregnancy. And therefore, when the angel came to the Virgin Mary and said, you're going to have a baby, and she said, what? She said, I've never known a man. And the angel said in Luke 1.35, and said, the Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the high shall overshadow thee, and therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God, hallelujah to his name. Not the son of Joseph, not the son. Oh, help me preach somebody. The son of God. So because he had not one drop of Adam's blood in his veins, he did not share in Adam's sin. Oh, I wish there was so much t- more time tonight. But, and again, I, I'm not a medical scholar, so I, if I mispronounce this, then you, you'll have to forgive me. But I, I did want to add this because it is so interesting about the blood of a human. That they have what they call the erythrocytes, uh, you know, which are red blood cells that carry oxygen to the cells of the body to fuel it. The blood through these cells bring life giving oxygen then pick up it's amazing they they pick up the waste products of the tissue the garbage and like carbon dioxide and so forth and then it takes that and discharges them through the kidneys the skin the bowels and the lungs and the same cell refills with life-giving oxygen and repeats the entire cycle again now brother brother Kret said it takes 45 seconds my my research found 20 
23, but either way, less than a minute, amen, that that blood does that, makes that trip around the body. You see, the food then is carried to the tissues by the blood, then the trash is picked up by the same blood cell, and never any contamination whatsoever, so wonderful God has made the human body, say amen. I'm glad that I didn't come out of a, a quagmire of moat and nothing some million years ago. I'm glad that I did not evolve from a monkey hanging from a tree. I'm glad the Creator made me and fashioned me. Oh, help me preach somebody. Glory to His name. Glory, glory, glory to His name. Just like the blood in the body, then so is Christ's blood to the members. His blood gets to every member with a life-giving flow. Therefore, that blood carries off the waste and the poisons of sin with a constant cleansing in the life of the child of God. How do you keep that cleansing? 1 John 1, 7. But if we walk in the light, even as He is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ his son cleanseth us from all sin hallelujah glory then you have the leukocytes these are the white blood cells and they're very interesting they're, they're kind of like a standing army of the bloodstream. When the, an infection occurs in the body, anywhere in that body, the body is attacked by an army of germs. Then news is flashed back to the camp where the blood cells are made. That's why if you go to a doctor and they do a blood test and your white cell count is up, then they say you've got infection or something going on bad in your body. Immediately the blood turns up that production and rushes that army of white blood cells to the place of infection. They kill those germs and ingest them. And then pus is created, which means the body is killing it out and expelling the germs and the infection. And then when those dead soldiers, those cells who gave their life to the cleansing of that infection and, and, and they're expelled. The blood then sends in fresh blood cells to clean up the mess and create new tissue until all is healed and only a scar remains. You see, it is the blood that not only heals us from the result of sin, but it also attacks sickness and disease in our body. Can somebody say amen? In Psalm 103, 2 and 3 said, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Who forgiveth all thine iniquities, and who healeth all thy diseases. Hallelujah to his name. I can tell you the blood that poured out of the body of the Son of God and the stripes of the Lamb of God secured not only my salvation, but it paid the price for my healing as well. In Isaiah 53 and 5, but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquity. He said the chastisement of our peace was upon him and by his stripes we are healed. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. I tell you years ago I heard the, the little testimony, the story of a little Nazarene girl. 
It was back in the day when that uh, tuberculosis was running rampant in this nation. In fact, my mother would have been around 87, 88 years old, right, if she had lived. But at 13 years of age, my mother contracted tuberculosis. And my great-grandmother, who was a Pentecostal preacher, she took her to the account meeting in Cleveland, Tennessee, the annual account meeting, and put her in a healing line in a Friday night healing service. And my mother at 13 years years old was healed of tuberculosis. Amen. But this little Nazarene girl that Love the Lord. She had contracted tuberculosis. The x-ray showed the, in her body that one lung was completely eaten away by the disease and half of the other lung was gone and she had only a matter of time before she passed on to glory. She, it was in the day when they had those old oxygen tents, you know, and they had one in her room and she was in her own home just waiting to die, but she was under that oxygen tent reading the Bible and oh she was reading she had their little skinny arms and holding that Bible up she was reading 1 Peter 2 and 24 who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree that we being dead to sin should live under righteousness and oh she laid down her Bible and raised those little frail hands and arms up and under that tent and oh the tears were flowing as she rejoiced and thank the Lord for his saving grace and dying on the cross of Calvary. And then she kind of got her composure back together and picked up the Bible and read the rest of the verse. By whose stripes ye were healed. Hallelujah. Oh, she jumped out from under the oxygen tent and ran downstairs. And her mother was in the kitchen and she said, she turned to look and saw that girl. She said, honey, you, you get back in that bed. She said, Mama, I've been healed by the stripes of my Savior. She said, No, you're, you're delusional. You've got a fever. You, you know, she said, No, you don't understand. He said that by his stripes I am healed. Hallelujah. So she took her to the doctor and the x-ray where there was one lung gone and the other lung half eaten away. There was two brand new lungs in her chest. Amen, somebody. I'm telling you it is by the blood of the stripes of the Son of God that we have healing tonight for body and soul. Power. Power. Wonder working power in the blood of the Lamb. Glory to His name. Oh, listen. The cruelty of the result of sin. In a garden 6,000 years ago, one sinful act brought the damning curse of the second death upon man, his bloodline, till the present day. If we look at history and the carnage of sin that brought wars, plagues, disease, misery, and death, all these evils that foolish men lay at the feet of God, because we say that God is all-powerful, all-knowing, all, and that God declares in His Word. So they say, well, if God is so wonderful, so merciful, so powerful, why does He not do something about injustice? Why does He allow starvation and war and, 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 and abuse? Why does He allow that? I said, well, you know, I said, God's already done something about it. In fact, He would stop it now or given man the ability to 
to stop it actually even now before the day of judgment. What do you mean, preacher? Well, if man would just repent and turn to the flow that washes white as snow, if mankind would bow beneath that crimson flow, the result of sinful man would be healed. Somebody say amen. But he, he ain't going to do it. We live in a dark world, folks. And we live in a dark nation with drugs, alcohol, perversion, murder, abuse, immorality. The government has spent billions to stem the tide, but the tide keeps coming further in each day. I'm going to tell you, as far as man is concerned, it is hopeless. I said it's hopeless. You, 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 can, you know, I, I'm a patriotic person. I vote. I believe in voting. I vote a certain way. But I'm going to tell you something. I don't have much hope in man. Say amen, somebody. You, you, you can look for mankind or some party or somebody to turn things around for us, but I'll tell you what's going to turn it around is for the church to have revival, amen, to start preaching the blood again. Oh, I know they hate that, the liberal crowd, the, the bishops and all, you know, in this country of these uh, old nominal Protestant churches. Uh, they say we no longer believe in a bloody religion. I tell you, I'm glad that, you know, I, I got away from the church as a young man, as a teenager, but I'm glad I... I was born into a church that believed in a bloody religion. I'm glad that I had a pastor, thank God, that believed in a bloody religion. I thank God I had a mother that raised me to believe in a bloody religion. Can you say amen? Because without the blood, there is no remission. But they don't have the answer. I'm going to tell you something else. These compromising churches don't have the answer as well. And let me flip the coin to the other side. Dead conservative religion don't have it either because the answer is life. And remember, life is in the blood. You cannot educate men out of sin. You cannot rehabilitate them to be better people because it is sin. Amen, somebody. I spent about five, six weeks in a psychiatric institution as a teenager. Oh, yes, I did. Now, I wasn't, uh, it was because of drug addiction, but I was there. I sat before psychiatrists and psychologists and all, but when I came out of that, I was still a drug addict. I, I, I was still in the same condition. I've just been dried out a little, that's all. But then I fell back in the bucket. You know, that's you can't rehabilitate folks like that. It took the blood of the Son of the living God, folks. Listen, Peter said that we're not redeemed by silver and gold, but by the precious blood of Christ. When the Israelites were awaiting deliverance from Egypt, God was about to give them a type and shadow of the ultimate blood sacrifice. They were to prepare a spotless lamb for their families. God gave them precise instructions on how to prepare it. They were to eat its body, a type and shadow of Christ's body offered for our healing. Because when they left Egypt, the Bible said there was not one feeble person among their tribes. They were to take and apply the blood of the lamb to the lintels of the doorpost and stay inside that house and not come past that blood, no matter what they heard on the outside. Because God said, when I see the blood, I will pass over you. You know, not when I see your goodness, 
Not when I see your holiness. Not when I see your good works or your good morals because they weren't good or holy. Amen. And they weren't worthy of God's mercy. In fact, these folks backslid every 30 days. They were rebellious, sinful people who, who had seen the mighty power of God and, and then they just constantly turn around. Now listen, I believe, I believe in holy living. I believe in the separated life. Amen. But I want to I want to tell you, I've watched, uh, I've watched folks uh, that brag about their holiness and about their holy church uh, and how clean it is. Well, it don't take me long at all when I'm there to figure out it's not as clean as they think. Say amen, somebody. You know, I know too much about churches, too much about denominations, too much about fellowship, too much about people, and too much about preachers. Help me, somebody. Because I, I've seen just about all of it, folks. And I've come to the understanding that no matter how much we want to think that we are righteous within ourselves and that, oh, we are not righteous within ourselves at all. Come on, help me preach. I believe, I believe in holy living. But I'm telling you, you're not holy. I'm not holy. Even your old shouting grandma wasn't holy without the blood of the Son of the living God. Hallelujah. What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. I've watched people run around like they're worthy of God's mercy and forgiveness and eternal life. I don't know all there is to know about you, but I can tell you that you and I both were nothing but human trash heaps when God found us. Amen, somebody. You may take comfort that you was a good person, but I, listen, there's enough sin to damn you into hell a thousand, million, trillion years without the blood of the Lamb. And I've listened to preachers talk about how, how wonderful they are and how glorious they are. And then someone comes along with their flirty little eyes and they fall like Samson of old and they find out that their own righteousness didn't keep them at all. You say, what do you do, preacher, when Delilah comes by or when Potiphar's wife comes by? I tell you what I do. I plead the blood. I said, I plead the blood. Thank God because there's power in the blood. Help me preach and dear laity friends, that goes for you as well. You're being bombarded by the flesh, the world, and the devil. And don't think for a moment you're exempt because you're sanctified and are a member of the first holiness church of the separated. If you don't put your faith and trust in the shed blood of the son of the living God, you're destined for trouble. I've not made light of separation in the sanctified life in 32 years of preaching or never will, but I'm just telling you, I know it's because of the blood of the Lamb. You know, I'm not just a man that turned over a new leaf 34 years ago and started to do better. I, I, I'm redeemed tonight. My mother used to lead the choir in our old church, and they'd get up on Sunday morning and sing that song, I'm redeemed by love divine. Glory, glory, Christ is mine. And they'd get to shouting and praising God. And I, I, my soul would be elevated to know that I, I, I couldn't pay the price.
I couldn't live good enough, but he redeemed me by his blood. Now, let me reiterate that it would take several services to even begin to preach on the blood, and there's so much you have to pass over unless you go way too long. But let me culminate tonight with this realization that this blood was not just from any lamb. We've determined from Scripture the lamb was the sinless son of God whose blood was not corrupted by Adam's down from generation to generation. And and we know that without the shedding of blood, there is no remission, but it was also the acceptance of that blood, that sinless blood, to justify the demands of a holy God. In the Old Testament, God gave Moses specific plans to build and furnish an earthly tabernacle. And in that tabernacle were several items, one being the mercy seat over the Ark of the Covenant. You see, the mercy seat was called the propitiatory cover. The mercy seat, it covered the ark which contained the law of God, or I should say the broken law of God. And that mercy seat, that propitiatory cover, Moses built all the furniture. He built the, or had it built by those who were craftsmen, and they built the mercy seat according to God's divine plan. You had the holy place, and then you had the inner, the holiest of all, where the priest would go in once a year but not without blood and God said to Moses this he said this in Exodus 25 and 22 he said and there I will meet with thee and I will commune with thee from above the mercy seat listen that holy place that propitiatory cover I can tell you tonight that Christ is the mercy seat can somebody say amen Romans 3 25 whom God hath set forth to be a propitiation through faith in his blood to declare his righteousness for the remission of sin that are passed through the forbearance of God. He is that mercy seat tonight. So we see the broken law, the ark with the broken law of God in it. And then we see that God's justice demanded death. And for the soul the Bible said that sinneth it shall die. Here's the mercy seat on which the high priest went in once a year into the holy of holies with blood after himself had been sanctified with blood put on his right ear and on his right thumb and his right big toe say amen somebody you see Christ suffered without the gate and Christ in his death sprinkled blood on that altar the mercy seat so here you have the ark with the broken law of God the mercy seat with the blood which Christ was and then above that above that mercy seat, the God Almighty. You see, in that now, Christ has entered into a new role. I believe this now with all of my heart, that as he hung on that cross, that, listen, that, that blood from that crown of thorns, that blood run down and touched his right ear. I believe that those nails driven into his hands, or they claim right in here, ran down and covered his right big thumb. I believe those nails in his feet, the blood run down and touched his right big toe because he is now entering into a row that was vacated by Cephas the high priest. How did he vacate it? In, in Mark 14, 63. Then 
The high priest rent his clothes. Now, according to those who claim to know that if a high priest ever rent his garment, that he was vacating the office. He was vacating his role as high priest. Little did Cephas realize, amen, that the one standing before him that night, thank God, was the great high priest. Not of the tribe of Levi, Levi, but of the tribe of Judas. Amen, somebody. And that this great high priest would not be going in and out of the Holy of Holies once a year. Say amen. You see, there was no chair in that holy place. It meant the priest's work was never done. I, I, I mean, he did it year after year after year. And he died. And somebody else did it year after year after year. Because the blood of goats and bulls and oxen could not satisfy the demands of a holy God. But in Hebrews 9.25, nor that he should offer himself often as the high priest entereth into the holy place every year with the blood of others. Now what we see here is God above the mercy seat that has a blood on it from an unblemished and sacrificial lamb. So we're going somewhere if you'll just stay with me. So God looks down at that ark with the broken law that demands justice. And what does he see? He sees the mercy seat which Jesus Christ is the Lamb of God. In that the penalty of sin is met. God dwells with the mercy seat always between him and the broken law and sin. For God said to Moses I will meet you there above the mercy seat. Amen. He dwells with the mercy seat between him. Amen. You see folks you're looking. I was that broken law of sin. Amen. I was that low life drug addict, that vile pusher of drugs as wicked as any man ever lived. But one day when God's holiness demanded justice and demanded my life, the Lamb of God that John says takes away the sin of the world, he laid down on a cross and stretched his hands out with blood streaming from his head to his right ear and streaming down his hands to his right thumb and streaming down his feet to his right big toe and when he cried it is finished hallelujah oh my God bearing the sins of all humanity but God had to turn away he couldn't look at him because God cannot look at the broken law of sin and death. He had to turn from the broken law. Jesus said, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Because he could not look at the sin, the broken law. And then he gave up the ghost. And after that, now I, I don't know, Brother Tobert and I, we've discussed this. I'm not sure we got a conclusion because we you know he, he tells Mary at the tomb he said don't touch me I've not yet ascended to my father and your father then went along right after that he said all right touch me but somewhere somehow I, I don't know where heaven is you know if it's a planet way out there on the other side of the universe I don't know but I can tell you if it is he can get there fast and back now, that's another discussion we've, we've discussed I'm telling you I but anyway, heaven's real. Say amen. 
But then he gave up that ghost. And, I, I, and after that, he went to heaven. And I, I have a big imagination now how this happened, but I, I like to preach it like I feel it because I, I can just see him as he comes into the holy city that he left 33 and a half years before. And I can see him as he walks toward the great throne. And I can see all eyes are turned toward him. But could it be that the Father cannot still look at the broken law because he bore the sin of humanity? And then I can see to hear him say as he takes that blood and says, Father, the blood of a spotless lamb, your own sinless son as I am, is now sprinkled on the mercy seat which I am. Father, the demands of sin has been met. The penalty has been forever paid. Father, the thorn prints in my head. Father, the nail prints in my hand. The nail prints in my feet. The wound in my side that opened up a fountain in the house of David. Hallelujah. Now, Father, when you look at Daryl Turner, you're not going to see an old sinful drug addict, but you're going to see the blood that set him free. Say amen. For through my blood and through my cross I have reconciled him unto you. I can see him as he sits down at the right hand of God, ever making intercession. Now that may be saying formal prayers, but I also believe that there's more to it than that when it said he's making intercession for us. I can see that if Daryl Turner fails, God forbid that if he were to sin or the devil falsely accuse is Daryl Turner. I can see the Lamb of God that was slain and became the mercy seat. I can see him just look over to the Father. Amen. He may not say a word. He just looks at his hands and he holds out. Come on, help me preach somebody. Thank God. And he sees the blood. And hallelujah. And I can tell you now when Daryl Turner, when he wants to come into the presence of a holy God, I don't have to stand on the outside trying to get a glimpse of the inside of the holy of holies. No sir, I come boldly into the presence of God. Hebrews 10 19 by the blood of Jesus can you say praise the Lord why because I am washed I've been made clean by the blood of the son of God because God said I'll meet you there above the mercy seat and now when he looks at the blood, listen when he comes and he looks and I come into his presence and he looks toward that broken law. Now, you see, that, that sin is gone. The stain of sin is gone. And you can just hear the devil say to the father, he said, look at him. The Bible said he's the accuser of the brethren. That's what he was doing when Job's trial started. He came before God when the angels came. The sons of God came before the Lord made accusation. I can see the devil saying, Father, look at Daryl Turner. He ain't nothing. There's nothing to him. He's not perfect. And I can see as the Father turns and looks toward me, he no longer sees the imperfection. He no longer sees the broken law of sin. But he says to the devil, all I see is the blood. Say amen. Because I'm covered, covered, covered by the blood of the Son of God. Can somebody say praise the Lord? Hallelujah. 
I don't care where you came from. I don't care how low in sin you've been. I don't care what your family or your neighbors said about you. I don't care. You don't have to carry guilt tonight. You don't have to walk around with your head hung low. Paul the apostle said some of you were effeminate. Some of you were abusers of themselves, of mankind. You were adulterers and fornicators. But now you're washed. You're sanctified. You're justified by the blood of the Lamb. Oh, stand up tonight, child of God. Raise your hand to heaven and give him glory and tell him I'm covered, covered by the blood. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The guilt's gone. The shame is gone. The sleepless days. Uh, help me preach somebody the sleepless nights and lonely days are gone because I'm washed in the blood of the Lamb. Hallelujah. I don't know how it makes you feel, but it makes me feel good. Amen. Hallelujah. I live in, still do, in small town America. 15,000 people in the whole county, and most of them knew who I was, I can tell you. Most of them wanted me dead or in prison. But I can tell you, when I got born again, life changed. The blood. I was going to the dumpsters, garbage dumpsters one day, taking off the trash there in the middle of that little town. And a fellow who was notorious in sin, he's dead now, but oh, he was notorious. He, he came pulling in. He was part of that drug culture too. He came pulling in in his car and the guy that runs the little facility there was standing there. Used to, uh, he and his son and I used to be partners in crime and he, he died an early age too, the boy did. But anyway, the fellow pulled up in his car. He jumps out and says, I'm writing a book and you're in it. I said, go ahead and ride all you want to because I'm, I'm free. I've been covered by the blood. My name's written in the Lamb's book of life. Thank God all my sins are gone. They're washed away. Hallelujah to the Lamb. He sees the blood. Oh, my God. I could just keep on, but I'm going to quit. My wife and I, my wife and I, we got to liking each other there in the church. I was delivered and saved. And we live in such a small town, all there is to do, if you're going to court, is just drive up and down the road. We have no McDonald's, no Hardee's, nothing. So we just ride up down the road. And her dad never been a Christian. Never knew what Christian, you know, just what he'd saw. They, they were Christians. But he told her, said, if I catch you in the car with him again, I'll physically remove you. I'll, 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 you'll pay for that. You, she said, but daddy, he's a Christian. He said, ain't nobody that could have been like him ever change. 
nobody like him could ever change. Oh, I can tell you what, I've been the best son-in-law he's had for 32 years. In fact, I'm the only one. The rest of them are divorced. Amen. I tell you what, I 32 years. You know why? Oh, it wouldn't me. You know, I'd, I'd, if I wasn't in hell, I'd be back somewhere in a drug den, drug den somewhere. But you know why? Because of the blood. I said because of the blood. Aren't you glad for the blood tonight? Let, let me close with this. Lord, I got to quit here. Got longer to drive than anybody. Out in, I believe it's some part of Texas, several years ago, and I believe it was an assembly of God church, I think. In a community there, they had a little church and a family that attended was a very well-known, respected ranching family. Good people, moral people, loved God. And uh, had a young man, their son, in the church, love the Lord. But I don't know how it happened or how, but a young lady comes who gets saved, but man, she wasn't from a good family. In fact, she was, had been very, very immoral and well-known. Her name was Mary. But Mary got gloriously saved in that church. Well, she's about the age of the young rancher boy, and you can just figure two and two what happened. They get together. They're going to get married. It absolutely divides that church. I mean, some of the board and others, you know, get together and they said, hey, this can't happen. She has come from a background, man. She has a reputation. And this fine young man in our church of good moral standing and such a good family, it, th this can't happen. And man, they decided they're going to have a church trial. To see whether they agree that this thing ought to happen or not. So the night came where they are going to have their little trial. Mary and the boys supposed to come and get the decision. But the door opens in the back and it's the rancher boy. Mary's not with him. He walks down the aisle and he says to him, he said, hey. He said, there ain't going to be no trial here tonight. But he said, I just wanted to come and tell you, Mary and I love each other. We love God and love each other. We are going to get married. But he said, I also wanted to tell you that it wasn't Mary that was going to be on trial here tonight. It's the blood of Jesus. She's either clean or she's not clean. And if she's clean, we're going to get married. Oh, can you say amen? Aren't you glad for the blood? Tonight, the blood can cleanse you. If you are in a state, people, I, I've never seen the people battling depression. I've got friends I was just talking to recently in a particular meeting. He, the, the brother's been battling. He told me how he'd battled and battled for months of depression. Don't know why. Don't know what it brought it, what brought it on. And then we've got more sickness and we've got uh, all kind of things. But I, I, in this last night of camp meeting, I want to ask you, visitor, home folk alike, come just as close to the stage as you can. And when you get up here, I want to ask you to raise your hands to heaven and claim the blood. Can you say amen? I, I don't care what you're going through. I don't care what's happening in your family, with your children with your, uh, you know, in your church, uh, in your own personal life. It, it doesn't matter. I'm telling you, the blood is the remedy for every ill tonight. 
It's the blood that, that paid the price for the healing of our bodies. We can claim the blood. We can claim the blood. Thank God for the blood. Oh, yes, you've been warned in your mind. The devil's beat, it, beat you and buffeted against you. Told you how nothing you were and how low life you were. And what a failure you are. And how, you, you know, that. but oh, listen tonight. Just tell him, I've been washed, devil. I, I've been cleansed by the blood of the Son of God. And when he looks at me, he doesn't see what I was. He, he sees me as I am with the blood, the propitiatory cover covering me tonight. Tonight. Oh, come on, raise your hands. Give him praise and glory. Stand on the promises of the blood. Claim the blood tonight over every situation in your life. Claim the blood on the, over those wayward children. Claim the blood over that husband or that wife. Claim the blood tonight. Claim the blood. Claim the blood.